0: Hello and welcome to the 7th episode of Random Musings. Uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, great. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, hello to you guys as well. Uh, my guest today is not just uh, one of India's best-known stand-up comedians. He is also the creator of a wonderful web series called afsos And inarguably, one of the best stand-up specials that you can watch on Amazon Prime Video, uh, take it easy. Uh, it's my delight. It's my honor to call Anirban Gupta to uh, Random Musings. Hi Anirban.
1: Hi, hi Kiwi. Hi, hi,
0: hi. <laughs> Welcome to Random Musings, Anirban. I've been looking forward to this episode since the time I thought of this idea. So I'm very, very excited.
1: I'm very happy to, to be on the show because I love all the episodes.
0: Thank you, thank you. Okay, let's straight head into our conversation. Anirban, one of the topics that I've uh, discussed in uh, the episodes earlier is about the impact of where a person grows up. Okay, And we have discussed about Chhattisgarh with Vishwas, I discussed about Mumbai with uh, Sumera and, and other guests as well. Uh, this is the first time on this series that I have someone from Calcutta and I have my own uh, like personal bias towards Calcutta. It's one of my favorite cities all over the world. I have actually planned trips to Calcutta for no reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you... You have a show somewhere, so you spend an extra day. Calcutta is the only city I plan without any plans as such. I just want to be there for a few days. Every time I take a walk around Eden Gardens or Victoria Memorial, that entire area, I take a photo and I send it to you. Because I know you'll be in Mumbai, you'll see the photo, you'll feel nostalgic. And you uh, are not just from Calcutta, but... uh, you have a strong fascination to this particular part of Calcutta, which people call Calcutta Maidan. And obviously, you will talk much better about it. But all I remember is just walking around and looking at uh, the Eden Gardens and looking at that small board that says East Bengal, Mm. uh, that small uh, gate that says Mohan Bagan. I remember when I had to launch uh, cricket and football edition uh, for public, I literally took a photo outside uh, Eden Gardens and Mohan Bagan because I was like, there can't be a better place in India. To represent our love for cricket and football. So, I want today's conversation uh, to start with this this amazing, uh, a few square kilometer area of Calcutta Maidan. Uh, Anirban, you grew up there. What do you feel about the place? Any memories? Anything that you want to talk about?
1: Calcutta Maidan uh, is my favorite place in the whole world. Uh, I uh, have been lucky to actually, I have literally grown up in the Maidan. Like, uh, you know, I know so many people from Calcutta, people I went to school with, uh, uh, you know, people living in different parts of Calcutta who don't get the chance or the opportunity to like, you know, uh, go to the Maidan every day, whereas, uh, like, I lived in the Maidan, okay, like, t- from about seven years of age, six, seven years of age, uh, till I was 16, 70, till I moved out uh, for college. Uh, that place uh, used to be the most often visited place, uh, you know, uh, in my life. Uh, and whenever now somebody comes to Calcutta, and if I happen to be in Calcutta, and they say that, uh, "Hey, uh, to Calcutta," I just take them there. Okay, and it's like you know, it's not a conventional place. You just take, you know, Victoria Memorial is fine. But uh, I'm like Victoria Memorial, last yeah, Medan Humte. So I just get them in a car and I'm like a guided tour. Okay, Ki either Rangers ka club, hai, either Aryans ka club. Hai. You know, the thing about Medan is it's like it's so multi-dimensional. You know, uh, you could you could just walk into Mohammedan sporting ground, the ground of Mohammedan sporting, historically, you could just walk in because Guards look so or something like you know, It's just Kali And then you come out and you walk like uh, across Red Road, uh, which is Calcutta's Rajpat. And then on the other end of Red Road, Devang Gandhi is batting while he's a test cricketer. Oh, he's just batting uh, like for his club, Kali Ghat. Ke liye tha, and uska bhi hai. Uh, it's, it's just beautiful. Uh, not just cricket. Uh, Mohan Bagan, East Bengal, Mountains, all the three grounds are there. Uh, Eden Gardens, is obviously, I consider the jewel of the Maidan. Okay, like uh, that, that that seals the deal for that part of uh, the city and uh, these are establishments, but the, but the great part about Maidan is it belongs to everyone, like everybody can just go there and play, like, you know, it's such a big, you know, that photo uh, that is there of New York, the aerial shot of New York where you see the concrete jungle, the Manhattan and then Central Park, you know, that's the kind of feeling, uh, you know, Calcutta Maidan gives me because uh, literally, it's in the heart of the city. Uh, one side is the Ganga and uh, then there's this huge, like, you know, just open space, just Greenery after greenery, probably a hundred grounds is there. Like people are playing cricket, football, hockey. picnic बना like And then the city starts. Then Park Street, Theatre Road, all everything starts. So yeah, I, I've I've just I've grown up there. Uh, my day used to start uh, at the maidan and I used to go. Uh, at 7 o'clock to my club to play cricket and that was when like the city is just like, you know, getting up. But the Medan people are like already in full flow, warm up, kar rahe, kohi, kohi rahe. even uncles come and do yoga over there. It's it's just a beautiful place.
0: I mean, I have like 0.5% memory of uh, maidan what, uh, what you might have, Anirban. And you talked about playing cricket and I for a fact know that you uh, have played cricket uh, since you were a kid, okay, I know I know that uh, you have played in the same ground where Saurav Gangli used to play, etc. But so why not talk about your love for cricket? We'll come to love for cricket because we'll talk about your love for cricket and football, etc. But you actually played club cricket. You, yeah. uh, If I'm not wrong, you were a part of Bengal under 14, etc. Take me to that, Anirban, I'm very, very curious to know about, because I rarely re- know anyone who has actually played professional cricket. Uh, so uh, let's talk about those days, Anirban.
1: I I played uh, club cricket for uh, nearly a decade, uh, like under 11s, uh, under 14s, under 16s, under 19s, uh, and I was always uh, like uh, I was a good player, and for that level, uh, I was I was a good player. I was like the main batsman. uh, Then a few years later, I became a bowler. So it all started uh, with uh, you know Sourav Ganguly's debut at Lords. Okay, like you know uh, that 96, like you know, just made everybody wanna play cricket, and. in Calcutta, there is a very strong club circuit. The sub junior and junior, uh, like you know, it's probably because of the Maidan, because like most of the clubs are there only, mm-hmm. including my club. And uh, in '96, uh, you know, when Ganguly scored uh, century and debut, and like we were just, you know, fascinated by this whole uh, event. We all wanted to play cricket. I told my dad, "Okay, okay I want to play cricket," and uh, he took me to Arun Lal's coaching uh, academy, Bonvita Cricket Academy, and. Uh, they wanted a trial, okay? I was about like uh, seven, eight years old and they wanted a trial and my dad is like, that's the exact reason I've got him here so that he can learn how to play cricket, okay? So how, what is the point of a trial? But obviously, Bonvita, uh, they were like the elite club, you know, in the Maidan. Like they used to win all the tournaments, they had money. So uh, eventually my dad took me to BNR. So uh, that uh, BNR is uh, bengal Railways. Uh, uh, so I joined Railways and uh, I played there for 10 years. Uh, and very quickly, I made it into their main team. Uh, so, when I was 9 years old, I uh, was the under-11 captain. Oh. And, yeah, <laughs> it's like we were kids, okay? We really did not know anything. We were just having fun. And uh, we used to go all across Bengal to just play matches. Uh, like, my dad, when he was not sailing, when he was in Calcutta, he used to, like, Maruti 800. Mein. I used to take 10 people and the entire team used to fit there. So, we that small, open 4 people, We used to go and play in howrah Hooghly, Durgapur, like all across Bengal, we used to go and play. And uh, I uh, like I reached a, like, a decent level for that level. Uh, and other clubs used to like ask me to come play a tournament with them. So, uh, you know, I was one of the few guys who had the opportunity to do that. And uh, Then, uh, after a few years, uh, so Bengal uh, teams were selected uh, via performance in the CAB tournament. So, uh, all clubs had like their own tournament, Haurah a tournament or Hugli Mekul tournament or. But CAB, the main tournament, if you perform well, selectors are watching, they will call you for a trial. And uh, in uh, this, the year that I got selected in Bengal uh, under 14, I was in the probables. I did not make it to the final 16, I was in the top 36. So, uh, th- that year, uh, you know, luckily, the, all the matches of that CAB tournament happened inside Eden Gardens. Like here in Bombay, there are 3-4 matches in Shivaji Park. So, Eden Gardens, which is like, you know, like it, it's not Oval Maidan, it's not Shivaji Park, it's a it's a stadium. But udhar also, divided by grounds grounds, divide karke under-14 ka matches. Uh, ho tha. And uh, in one match, I scored like 61 not out. Uh, name came in the papers and all, and uh, I got a call from uh, CAB. I went to the trials, uh, so I got selected uh, as a batsman. Uh, I, I, I batted well in the trials, I got uh, drafted in the top 36, and this top 36 would practice for the next 8 months at Eden Gardens. Wow. Okay, So, <laughs> like, um, sun- Saturdays, Sundays, and Wednesdays uh, were the 3 days uh, allocated for practice, and there used to be matches here and there on other days. Uh, so, Saturday, Sunday, I used to go and uh, practice at Inguns And Wednesday, uh, school ke beach mein at like 10.30 was our break. And uh, Wednesday, uh, practice at Ingans started at 1.00. 1.00 in the afternoon. So, like a boss, I used to just walk out of school, okay, <laughs> At our break time. And all my friends used to be like, what the hell, man? This guy's just going to go to Inguns. I really enjoyed it. when I got selected as a batsman. But I came out as a bowler. So, that's what Eden Gardens did uh, to me. At that point, uh, you know, everything was set up for test cricket. And uh, I was one of those batsmen who, you know, if the ball is outside the off stump, I won't let it alone. You know, I won't leave it. Like, like I'll, I'll play a shot, okay? I'll do something. And that was, like, looked down upon. So, like, I used to play club cricket, Udharpma club, you know? The stakes are so low, like, I googly, ja match ho hai. But in guns, like the coaches and all, they are like, you know, setting you up for test cricket. So they really did not like, you know, my batting, and they just stopped giving me batting. And uh, they were like, why don't you bowl? And thankfully, like, you know, uh, that worked out for the next few years. I became a bowler. Wow.
0: Then why did you quit, Anirban? Like, what was the point where cricket ended and then other things started?
1: So, like, you know, I uh, got dropped from Bengal uh, after those eight months. And uh, that that was a big blow. Uh, Although I did not deserve to make it. But, you know, at that point, I was just sad. You know, like, I was hoping against hope. Like, I remember I went to Eden Gardens to check out the list. And I knew that uh, there is no chance in hell that I'm going to make it to the top 16. And uh, I did not make it. So, I was like, okay, fine. I came back to the club circuit. I had a great season. The next season was, like, uh, I had... uh, i was then an all-rounder so not just batting my bowling was also good i took a lot of wickets uh, scored a lot of runs uh, opening the batting uh, and uh, i was like yeah, Abito to because i got selected for much less i did not get selected because obviously they know me already like you know they have like you know seen me for 8 months so that really broke me and uh, i i was i did not have the mentality to play professional cricket making it in professional sports is all about the mind you know, everybody has skill. You know, once you reach a certain level, skill is not the differentiating factor. And obviously, all sports people talk about this a lot, but I really feel it. And I was one of those who just did not have a strong enough mentality to carry on. Like, I used to never, you know, come home and shadow practice. You know, that's like one of the things that everybody has to do. Like, you know, it's just uh, your basics are being strengthened. I used to never do that because I used to just play cricket. With- I'm playing cricket. You know, I, I was I used to play cricket like that. Yeah, I'm playing cricket. What else do I need? So I used to just enjoy myself and not apply myself in cricket.
0: Wow. That is so interesting. Because a lot of people just think that sports is... Like you see you sandboard, you're like, okay, it's all about running. But yeah. you don't realize what's happening here. Oh, wow. But everyone I know it's stopped playing cricket but i again for a fact know that you've never stopped following cricket i mean india may everyone follows cricket and everyone has played cricket whether it's mohalla cricket or like international cricket but everyone has played cricket uh, but i know you follow every every cricket match everywhere and i also know that you were in uh, in eden gardens when uh, that 1996 world cup semi final <laughs> happened which uh, biswa talked about in the last episode i just want to Talk to you uh, about like your cricket journey, not as a cricketer, but as a cricket fan, because I know you were there, you were, you were also in some way associated with the 2001 iconic Eden Gardens match. And watching, I am so jealous of your Irban when you say that you've actually watched cricket in Eden
1: Gardens. So how is your journey as a cricket fan been like? My father got me into cricket. Like he is an absolute uh, sports freak. And you know, when I was watching uh, the Rahul episode, I actually messaged him after that episode that you and I have the same dad. We're, like We have the same exact dad. Like we have like our dad sent us the same messages. So it was like that. Only my dad got me into uh, cricket because he used to play uh, cricket when uh, he was in college, when he was in school. And uh, he got me into sports in general, but obviously cricket took over because uh, Sachin Tendulkar was just... Is too much too big uh, compared to a Dhanrach or a Pai Chim or a Leander Pace. So, uh, and also in, in those days, uh, our interaction with sports was limited to what sports is on TV, mm-hmm. and uh, it was always cricket. Like, we didn't have these sports channels, it used to be like Durdashan, my Arash idea, like just Star Sports ESPN ka, early few days. So, there was so much cricket that I used to consume. Uh, that it just became, you know, second nature. It's just, uh, you know, something that, you know, I look forward to. I used to watch uh, Kenya versus Bangladesh' ka match. While dad used to be like, कि Liverpool और Man United ka match. Please, मेरे को वो देखने Because उस time पे एक ही match in the Premier League में. ठीक है, Liverpool United ka match select हुआ था दिखाने के But same time पे Kenya Bangladesh ka match hada. I'm like, no, 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 no. K- cricket hai. So I was that kind of a cricket fan mostly through TV. And um, Eden Gardens had a big role uh, in it because 94 se leke 2006, every international match that has happened at Eden Gardens I have been there. Like every year there used to be one ma- like Eden Gardens used to be allotted one match per year and if a match like you know winter like end of the year we are not the starting se, like we used to know. So like 6-7 months I used to just wait. Kia. Like Eden Gardens me ja match ke, then only the year will be complete. Now I haven't gone to Eden Gardens for like I think 15 years but couldn't like, uh, this was unthinkable. because Almost like a pilgrimage. Uh, that had a big impact. Uh, and uh, I just like, you know, just those idols in that era, no, like Sachin Tendulkar, Ganguly, Dravid, Lakshman, it's a privilege to be just like sitting in front of a TV and watching them. So they ruled. They just ruled. And uh, honestly, like the current Indian team and like, you know, Dhoniwala team also, like, I've followed. But uh, it doesn't give me that feeling. You know, I was a kid also. I fell in love with the game at that point, and they did so much for us.
0: Yeah, we are definitely growing old, Anirban. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember when I started watching Tendulkar, and every elder in my family used to be like, Kapil mm, Yes, And he used to be like, Come on. And I'm sure the way we are reacting to Virat Kohli is the same. Like, okay, but Sachin. Sachin. Now that we are talking about cricket, Anirban, I can't help but talk about sports quizzing. Okay. And you are a very avid quizzer. I know that. And you are the... You are amongst four people who have actually won quizzing with a comedian. Okay. And uh, there are conspiracy theories that you made me conduct a cricket and football edition so that you could win. But uh, that aside, I think like... uh, you are an insane sports quizzer like I, I i consider myself a pretty decent sports quizzer myself and i also know you and i are from uh, the same era of uh, uh, sports quizzing so we know the same trivia <laughs> we know the <laughs> we know we know the matches we know the important uh, fun facts etc and you're, you're not just sports quizzing you you've been quizzing um, quite regularly throughout your life so uh, i want to now talk to you about your quizzing journey Anirban, in general and sports quizzing in particular uh, from Calcutta to now, to winning a uh, cricket and football edition of getting with the Comedians?
1: Uh, like uh, in, in my school, uh, there was a strong quizzing culture. Uh, there was a quiz club. So when we uh, entered class six, uh, you know, we were asked to choose a club. And there was a quiz club, there's a theater club, there's a dance club. Uh, I think there was something to do with sports also, but I chose quiz. And uh, after school, uh, on one uh, designated day of the week uh, you know these clubs will basically take place so you know even after school has ended you stay back for an hour and uh, that's how I started quizzing uh, mostly with my seniors Uh, you know I was in class 6 so I used to quiz with like people in class 8 class 10 and uh, then I started uh, you know getting selected for the school team to you know participate in like Maggie quiz and She quiz, those are the quiz. Like uh, Science City Auditorium elimination round. And stage. Uh, but sports quiz was one where uh, I made it to the finals, like to the to the you know, stage rounds. Uh, with my best friend Harsh. Uh, so we used to like discuss uh, sports trivia. Whenever we met, like, you know, no WhatsApp, no, pho- uh, like, phone, and we used to discuss, uh, and then, uh, after ESPN school quiz took off, uh, you know, uh, on TV, uh, I think after the first season or something, they had a book, a white color book. I remember. Yeah. Do you have it? Yeah, I
0: have, I scored oh. it. To, yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> that ESPN book, uh, I Like, you know, I knew a lot of answers and the answers that I didn't know, I mugged it up. And the reason I'm so fascinated with sports quiz is, you know, uh, I've spent most of my life consuming sports. And my dad uh, has done that since the 60s. So his life is also like that. His first love is sports. Just threw in so much trivia to me. Like, you know, all those old stories, like, you know, the Hanif Mohammad, and these are the names that I've just, like, grown up listening. I probably don't even remember all the stories, but I just remember the names, like, Salim Durani and Iknat Solkar, and, like, you know, Dilip Doshi. It's, it's not, like, and this is just cricket, like, football, May he used to talk about, like, the great footballing teams, like, in the 50s, hockey, tennis, Ramanathan Krishnan, Ramesh Krishnan. So, just grown up in this uh, house that just talks sports. And that's why I feel that, you know, uh, I am good in sports quiz and I honestly like you know uh, whenever I'm playing a general quiz I on, I'm just waiting for the sports question okay like even if I come last in the general quiz but if there's, there's one sports question and I've gotten it right I've won, okay? I won. <laughs> and con- contrary if I'm coming first and then I miss a sports question I really feel bad. Growing up in Calcutta is a big thing, you know, uh, Calcutta also had that circuit, you know, Neil O'Brien, Barry O'Brien, Derek O'Brien. So Derek O'Brien and Barry O'Brien used to come to our schools to uh, conduct quizzes and Mukherjee used to come to our schools to con- uh, conduct quizzes and we have taken part in all those quizzes and if you're not playing, we were in the audience kind of playing with the people who are playing. So that competitive uh, spirit was there in my school and that's why I love quizzing so much.
0: Oh man, so true and so relatable because obviously Calcutta is was the quizzing capital of the country for a very long time, uh, especially in the 70s and 80s uh, and I used to be very uh, fascinated by all these Calcutta schools in ESPN school quiz and like... Uh, uh, bond with quiz contest and one thing that you said, uh, two things uh, that you said, uh, I, I really want to touch upon one is uh, you sometimes just know random things uh, for example, it reminded me of your Hanif Mohammad answer in cricket and football edition where uh, there was a question about legendary batsmen etc cetera, etc, cetera. I think Pakistan was also given in the question mm-hmm. and you just came up with that answer Hanif Mohammed. and you and I was so scared that people might think you've googled you yeah. know what I mean, because there are some names we just know because since we've quizzed all our life, names like Jack Hops, Wally Hammond, uh, Hanif Mohammed, uh, Subhash Gupte, uh, Everton Weeks, uh, these, are, these are just there. Frank Underwood, <laughs> we just know these names. Douglas Jardine. we know. <laughs> like, we know and the third and the, my favorite thing that you said, which I, which I really want to talk more about and you've given me a chance to talk about it, is that even within quizzing, there are two types of quizzers, I feel one is uh, a quizzer who knows like just random trivia and facts okay one is something that you've done all your life so you naturally know about it for example you've consumed sports all your life so you're not looking at necessarily like if i ask you what happened in liverpool everton 98 99 you might not know okay but if if i if i talk about a certain player from that era who did so with the right amount of cues you mm-hmm. will know this you know, for example, I feel I've seen so many movies all my life or I'm interest, interested in Indian politics so much that I might not know like MP from this place in 1993. But since I've consumed that content all my life, I'll be able to figure that what is the question mein kya hai, kya hai, which is so, so important. You know, I uh, just want to
1: say that I've quizzed all my life but uh, quizzing with you is a different experience it's it's really a like defining uh, part of my life right now uh, especially in the lockdown uh, when like even before the quizzing tournaments there used to be daily quizzes and also like you know uh, quizzing in the group in the whatsapp i never i never like you know thought quizzing would be uh, this sustainable because yeah. quizzing used to be always top start It was never like the primary focus. Like ah, every month there will be a quiz like you know, school. Yeah, then we had this group uh, with weber when I called school friends. That also we used to like have seasons. Like, month we will do five quizzes, and then till then next year, the nothing. But uh, just quizzing with you and like you know, quizzing with Rohan, Ashish, everybody in that group, this one, like it's it's so much fun. I I I am like I feel very lucky that quizzing is still part of my life because I. It, it kind of stopped being part of my life after school. Like, yeah. college, I never quizzed, office, and the way you frame questions, like, uh, believe me, after every quiz that I play with my Calcutta group. I just tell them ki, can you please listen and watch KB's quiz show just to see how he frames question. Okay, like that is such a big part of a good quiz that sometimes you know we all, like people who are making quiz for the first time obviously won't get it. So I am on their like you know back all the time, ki, okay. Here's one link, here's one link. Hamecha koina koi, you know, quizzing episode premier just go out, and I send it to them. And you know, they they also learn a lot from that show. Not just about, you know, GK and all, but how to make a quiz, how to, you know, have fun in a quiz.
0: Thanks Anirban. And you know how, now this is become a, becoming a mutual admiration <laughs> part of the this thing. But most of my Excel sheets of participants in a quiz maybe starts with Anirban. And even the next edition, which we are taping in August, I think the very first quarterfinal has Anirban. Uh, but we'll see. Cool. Um, we're talking about uh, quizzing Anirban. I remember uh, you had once asked a beautiful Princess Diana question and we had a conversation about uh, uh, about the question and about the tunnel where she unfortunately died, etc. And uh, And then we started talking and then you said that there is some sort of an obsession that you have with Princess Diana and conspiracy theory in general. So why not talk about that? What is your obsession with Princess Diana?
1: Uh, Princess Diana for some reason was big in Calcutta okay. Uh, like, uh, she came to Calcutta, met Mother Teresa I think uh, in the early 90s. And that picture used to be like uh, you know on all magazines and like newspapers and Diana was basically covered a lot in Kolkata newspapers, like you know her activities abroad, uh, social work, like fight, fights with the royal family. So I, like, uh, I just kind of tracked Diana for a few years when then she died. Okay, so I didn't really know Diana, but then when she died, uh, I watched that funeral, okay, on TV, like how uh, I would watch a match, like, you know, just ball by ball, (laughs) like, you know, I literally watched that entire journey to Westminster Abbey and Elton John singing Candle in the Wind. There is no way to, like, you know, explain this, but uh, I was really moved. I cried. You know, that Candle in the Wind song, uh, like, just became, okay, I told my dad I need the song. And uh, us time ka se song? Internet nahi hai, candle nahi, obscure Indian koi T-series. So mm-hmm. ja I remember me and dad for like three, four days we used to go to Garyat every day just to look for like you know different cassette shops. Uh, Ghana So that was the kind of impact her funeral had. And uh, then I learned about her uh, you know, when the internet came, like, you know, that was one of the first things I actually kind of you know, became obsessed about, Diana's story. And i just feel that it's one of the most fascinating stories uh, in the la- in modern history diana is considered to be the person just because modern media kind of took off like paparazzi tabloids and you know that, that has like kind of uh, flow into social media instagram uh, And diana was like that one lady who literally like built that industry and that killed her and i really feel that uh, we don't talk about diana often because the things that she has done like you know like her story within the royal family is quite unheard of and uh, you know what prince harry and meghan and all these guys are like doing now some diana legacy she she was one of my first heroes like i was i was in love with princess diana you know as a nine year old in 1997
0: yeah. in fact yeah i remember uh, princess diana met an aids patient like aids mm, yeah hmm. And that played such an instrumental role in like making people believe that, hey, it's okay to yes. touch an AIDS patient because yes. her photo with an AIDS afflicted patient, she was shaking the hand or basically touching him. Yes. And then that had such a major impact where people were like, oh, okay. Chune se you know, yeah. So imagine like no amount of wor- work that WHO or any medical bodies uh, could achieve. Was just one photo of Princess Diana with uh, with an AIDS patient achieved back in the 80s.
1: She's like kind of the first influencer without the internet. Like yeah. she, does. Princess Diana, doesn't require internet to be an influencer. Like she's just that kind of a person. And you know, just thinking about I have watched a lot of documentaries uh, on her and watched a lot of YouTube videos on her. And I just just wonder you know right now with this internet like you know overload that we are facing and like it has like given rise to so much anxiety and uh, so many disorders just imagining for about 15 years this entire like normally what happens internet is uh, like you know overloaded for all like everybody uh, you know is facing the brunt but at that point in the 80s and the 90s princess diana was the lone like you know target like people used to fly from the united states just to you know, get a photo of Diana outside London airport. So that kind of, uh, yeah, that kind of, uh, you know, coverage uh, for a human being is probably unheard of. And uh, she, like, yeah, she's contributed a lot. And uh, I hope, like, uh, there's a movie made on her and people talk about her more often. Because we really want to see more of the Diana story.
0: Yeah, man, uh, you're right. Because uh, uh, this, this is the era where we we, don't, we didn't have, like, mobile cameras. So when she's like after the Charles split, when she used to travel to all these beaches with rumored boyfriends, Mm -hmm. there would be journalists, like professional journalists from all over the world with their professional cameras trying to get one photo of Diana on some beach with some guy. Oh man. But anyway, uh, back to uh, where you started this story Arirban and you said that Diana sort of came into your life because of her Calcutta visit and because of her meeting uh, Mother Teresa herself and which made me think that while you were growing up, there was Mother Teresa in Calcutta. There was this young, upcoming cricketer called Sourav Ganguly. There was, uh, there is of course the immense cultural legacy of uh, Tagore and so many other, you know, literary figures and figures from art. While you were growing up, Amartya Sen won the Nobel Prize. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> another another guy from uh, from that part of the world. Uh, there is of course the lingering uh, uh, legacy of Netaji Subhash Chandra Bose. Uh, so I I can't help but talk to you about some of these Calcutta icons and did they play any uh, role in your life or did they affect your life?
1: I was uh, very lucky uh, to actually get to meet Mother Teresa on several occasions. Like you know, I used to kind of meet her weekly. Uh, My my mom was uh, close to Mother Teresa. She used to, uh, you know, help her, uh, you know, social work. She used to donate a lot of stuff. My mom was a teacher in Kolkata. And, uh, you know, Mother Teresa has like handwritten letters to my mom. Okay, so they had uh, uh, you know a friendship going on uh, and uh, my mom used to take me uh, to missionaries of charities uh, every sunday whatever clothes that i had you know uh, that i can like you know do i used to go and like you know give it at missionaries of charity every sunday but i don't really uh, ha- have distinct memories i remember mother teresa uh, i was very small so i remember seeing her i remember like you know her holding me and all but i don't really remember what was spoken about and I do Just Just I remember that part of uh, Calcutta, you know, Matlab, you knew if you enter here, Mother trees will appear on the other side. I just knew that. So, uh, yeah, it did not have a lasting impact because I don't remember much. It was like when I was very small. But Netaji is definitely a much bigger influence because, again, I was very lucky to live in the same neighborhood as Netaji's house. And it's a museum now. And oh man, I can't tell you the amount of times I have gone to that museum. Uh, on 23rd January every year, I used to definitely go because you know there used to be a uh, function. Uh, people used to come. One time, Netaji's uh, daughter came from Germany uh, to attend, and all. So, uh, 23rd January go to, I was ta. But uh, other weekends also I used to go. You know, my mom used to just take me. My mom is also like hugely influenced by Netaji. So she used to just take me and each and every corner of Netaji's house, like I know very well, like from where he escaped from, like his bedroom, he took out the garden, escaped that great escape, he parked. So, a few of the first books that I have read in my life uh, are on Netaji. Uh, So, yeah, like is, uh, I, I do this in my set that, you know, uh, you shouldn't have a favorite freedom fighter, but he's mine. that's <laughs> Just because, you know, of the connection I had uh, due to living in Calcutta. Yeah. And I really, really uh, think that Netaji's uh, freedom struggle story is so unique. Like, obviously, we have, like, unparalleled freedom fighters but Netaji's like story would be like too much for a web series like you know ja you cast story like if you pitch Netaji' story without knowing netaji's story like you know somebody from an ott would be like no no too too ambitious too ambitious many <laughs> submarine in what what <laughs> like either say a flag host nine so, yeah, like you know, he gets a lot of like uh, criticism for meeting Hitler. But I'm like, at that point, he's trying to get a country independent. Like, I think he's allowed to do all of that. So just just a just a superhero for me. Yeah, so true.
0: It's very unique, no doubt. Like we can never we can never compare freedom fighters, like you said. We can never yeah. compare a Nehru versus Patel versus Bose. But in terms of journey, there is no parallel. Like, imagine a proper uh uh, some guy who who cracks uh, uh, the Indian civil service exam just to prove that he can crack it. That for me is, uh, is the benchmark. I don't say this in public, but there are some things in life mm-hmm. I do just to prove that I can do this. And then I don't do it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like, what do Stand up. Do it well. You do not choice. Hai you know? <laughs> I feel that so tight. <laughs> and and the Netaji is my benchmark there. He's like, you think I'm not taking ICS because I can't do it? okay, wait, give me a chance. Crack, Like, I can become an ICS officer, not becoming. I want to do something else. And then this entire like founding his own army, then. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable i mean i can imagine growing up in calcutta the legacy of uh, mother teresa and netaji uh, but also we we did uh, talk about ganguly a bit but i want to further explore that anirban because it's, you love cricket we love cricket and in the world of cricket uh, over the last two decades okay uh, a little more than two decades the kind of impact sourav ganguly has had on indian cricket is is also unparalleled to some sense. And he's now um, also contributing as a as an administrator. But I can imagine you growing up in Calcutta. And Ganguly is also a wonderful story. He makes debut for India in 1992, then is fired from the team, does not come back for four years, and then he makes a lot's debut. And there are so many interesting stories from his cricket life. You know, I was reading recently about... How he had so much attitude as a teenager cricketer, because apparently, and all this is obviously hearsay. He was asked to go and, uh, like, he was asked to take water to the ground, like, as a 12th man or whatever. And he said, Man, <laughs> like, this I can't do. <laughs> so it's not that, like, when he made Steve Waugh wait <laughs> for the toss, yeah. it's not that he grew up and he grew an attitude like overnight. He was yeah. always this guy. But I am more curious from your perspective, as someone who is playing cricket in Eden Garden, someone who is growing up in Calcutta, how did Ganguly impact your life?
1: And Ganguly is my uh, favourite cricketer. Uh, like, you know, Sachin Tendulkar, obviously, you know, you can't uh, say anything that, you know, he, Sachin is kind of everybody's favourite cricketer. But per- I have a more personal connect with uh, Sourav Ganguly. And uh, I feel that it's not just, uh, you know, uh, he's from Calcutta and to obviously, there is a factor. But, you know, from from... 1998 to 2003, those five years, I recently found out Ganguly scored 22 ODI 100s and all the 22 hundreds were scored in that five-year period. Nothing yeah. before that, nothing after that. And at that point, like when he and Sachin started opening, like, you know, India was unstoppable. Like the amount of 100 partnerships they had. And also, I think, you know, those, at least for that five-year period, apart from his contribution as a captain, he was also like the world's best batsman in ODI, in limited overs cricket. And... Uh, yeah like uh, i just like his story because it is his story also has uh, not just one comeback his story has uh, you know it's the series of comebacks uh, the one after greg chapel was I, I i didn't think he'll make it i really didn't think he'll make it uh, because you know, he was aging, you know, but it's somebody like a Saurabh Ganguly is just made for moments like these. Uh, and uh, I remember uh, when he was out of the team for six months, uh, I was, I think I was in Pune that time. I was in college and my friend uh, who used to live in Behala, very close to where Ganguly stays. Uh, he used to tell me that my ground there, or and even before like the sun is out, Ganguly is running. Like he's out of the team, he's trying to get back. this. like he's in the news every day. Greg Chapel or Yeshra Chalha, Raul scene Kesathra Seen Chal. Rahe. But most of the parts of Bhag because Ganguly thinks that he's gonna make a comeback, then he will make a comeback. So that, that 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 attitude has obviously like you know transferred to the Indian cricket team after he became captain. Because before that and after that, it's two completely different eras. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and his contribution as captain to being, and especially like uh, kind of uh, forget that match fixing. After he took over, yeah. he was not very old. Like he was just like four years into international cricket. Like obviously 92 say 96, to domestic yeah. he rather, and uh, just like he didn't really care about what others think. Uh, he he was uh, he was in controversy after controversy. But he did the job. Like he did the like. I think uh, you know, 92 he was dropped after uh, playing one match. I think one or two matches, and uh, then when he became captain and when he started like you know giving opportunities to a Sehwag and a Yuvraj and a Zaheer Khan. Like one of the defining factors of his captaincy was that I'm not going to drop you after one or two matches. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I know what that can do to you know. A person, a career, you know, that can totally shatter your confidence. So I feel like him getting dropped in 92 and Ravi Shastri uh, has, a, has a role in, you know, the resurrection of Indian cricket. Do you remember that ad, that Pepsi ad? Yeah. Ko bhool to nahi oh man, I cried after watching that ad. <laughs> like, wow. So yeah, yeah, he, he was a
0: complete package for me. If you write the history of Indian cricket, in terms of our success there is pre 1983 and post 1983 these are two different stories yes. but in terms of our attitude as a team uh, it is has to be pre ganguly and post ganguly indian team they're two completely different beasts uh, but one common theme uh, anandban while you were talking i was uh, thinking of all these uh, figures that we say these are all very divisive figures in some sense and let me let me explain what i mean okay uh, there is ganguly who has a legacy and over the past few years people are talking about his political leanings and his, you know, non-cricket uh, uh, opinions, etc., and attitude. Uh, you talked about Netaji, who remains a controversial figure for so many reasons. Mother Teresa, despite everything, uh, remains a divisive figure. There's a section which con- which does not consider her a saint, and they say that, you know, missionary of charity was something else, and I'm not going into details, but we know what yeah. you're talking about. We talked about Amartya Sen, again, is someone who, uh, someone would say is a great economist, and someone else would say, Oh man, no, I think uh, he was just glorifying poverty, you know, <laughs> so there's no end to this, uh, which brings me to my next topic, because I know you're really interested uh, in this, which is the politics of Bengal. Okay. And, uh, as a student of politics myself, especially Indian politics, I feel Bengal, of course, is, is a hotbed of uh, political thoughts, political uh, movements, etc. Uh, there was the Congress government in BC uh, led by BC Roy initially, and then the Naxalite movement happened, the communists came into power, and it's been it's been a topsy turvy, right, since 1947. And then you had this entire Jyoti Basu era, yeah. and then Buddhude era, and then now Mamta Banerjee era. Uh we don't talk enough about politics, I feel like when I say we, I mean you and I or mm-hmm. stand-up comedians or anyone in public figure, for so several reasons, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, I personally don't do because I feel uh, I will start talking about politics because I strongly feel about politics, but I will do it the day I realize my audience will treat it as my opinion. That's yeah. it. The day I gain the confidence that anyone who is listening to this conversation thinks that okay, this is his opinion mm-hmm. and he's right or wrong. That's mm-hmm. it. Just like we respect everyone's opinion, but I, I think we have a vote, way to go there. So, But I'm really curious because we talk about politics offline a lot, Anirban. And again, you've lived in Bengal. I have not. My understanding of Bengal politics is very academic in nature, while your understanding of Bengal politics is you've lived through it, you know? So how do you see Bengal's politics and your sort of you as a Bengali growing up in, in Bengal? How has it evolved? Anything that you want to talk about because i we this is a topic that has to be talked more so let's see let this might be a start
1: you know uh, i never had the option of not uh, getting interested in politics you know not getting invested in politics because both mom and dad uh, you know they were they used to always talk about politics at home and you know i'll tell you a story uh, this was way before i was born that when the naxal movement was going on uh, in my family uh, there was uh, somebody, or like in extended family, there was somebody uh, who was, uh, you know, an Axel. Okay. And uh, in those days, uh, they used to target rich people. You know, they used to target rich people and they tried to take their money or like, you know, uh, kill them. And uh, in one of his targets was another member of my family. Okay. My extended family said, here's an naxal movement that's going on in my house. Like, you know, th- 20 years. 20 years, 30 years before I was born. So that is the kind of, uh, you know, family I was born into. And politics was always, you know, a topic of discussion. Like nobody really shied away from uh, politics at any point. Like obviously I grew up in the era of Jyoti Basu. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... uh, we were interested in national politics. Uh, actually, the 90s was a very tumultuous, you know, time for politics. Outlook. So my elections used to happen every year, every two years. So probably like, you know, uh, in a decade where election is just happening twice, maybe I wouldn't get so interested. But every year something is happening, the rise of Mach and everybody else, coalition politics, like, you know, it happened. And so one thing that I always uh, used to do was watch the news in the evening. And at that point, you know, when because you had just half an hour to tell the news. Obviously, you will just talk about, like, you know, the Prime Minister kya kar rahe, President kya kar rahe, all the major things. Like, abhi ka news kase, like, you know, it's cluttered cluttered, kuch bhi news bern jata. Hai. Us time bhi news bern ne ka, like, it's filter, but and obviously politics was a, like, you know, uh, was the priority for that half an hour. And uh, I used to read the newspapers and Telegraph, you know, Telegraph, even today, I'm so happy to say, even today, like, you know, they talk about politics so freely. And uh, that was exactly what the scene was in the 90s, in the early 2000s. So, like, I just grew up around a lot of politics. And uh, I really feel that Bengal politics is different from Indian politics uh, in one way, which is uh, religion is not a factor. Religion is absolutely not a factor there. Uh, CPM ruled for 33 years. And uh, I'm sure they had a role in this because like, you know, atheists and communists, despite having Durga Puja as the main event of the year, religion never like, you know, entered into our lives in any way in in how we see nowadays. So I think that's a differentiating factor of Bengal politics from national politics. Durga Puja, when I was a kid, Durga Puja was a food festival more than a religious festival, okay? Like, Kolkata Book Fair was like, you know, you used to go there for the food. So it was like that kind of a city, like, you know, like religion and all, like nobody really cared. And I was reading an article uh, in the Telegraph, uh, I think last month after the Bengal election results came out. And over there, like, you know, uh, there was a very nice point that when uh, TMC beat BJP in these elections, uh, it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, a language beating a religion you know, a language-based community beating a religion-based, like, you know, force. And it's not the first time it has happened, as the article said, that in 1971, when Bangladesh was formed, that was also a language-based community beating a religion, Islam in that case, Hindu in this case. So that makes me very happy that, you know, even after, like, 50 years, exactly actually 50 years have passed, from 71 to 20, uh, 2021, and that remains, like, Till how much it remains is everybody's guess because before the elections, I was really worried. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel that, uh, that that is a good thing about uh, Bengal politics that religion is yet not a big factor.
0: While you were saying uh, this last point, it made me think about how 1947 was the opposite in some sense because then yeah. religion beat language. Whatever I've studied of Bengal, uh, a lot of Bengalis feel very guilty about 1947 yeah. because they feel that, you know, this, big Bengal, like the greater Bengal of like current modern state of yeah. West Bengal and Bangladesh yeah. is, is one region called Bengal, right? And they feel very guilty that because of religion we were divided. And of course partition of Bengal is a different topic altogether and it's very unfortunate from a Bengali perspective uh, about how Dhaka went there and mm-hmm. Calcutta been here. I remember th- studying things like all the jute mills were here but all the jute production went there etc, etc, etc. And the other way around. Wow. Okay. While we are talking about politics and Calcutta, Anirban, I want to now take you outside Calcutta for a while. Okay. Because we talked about a guy. Now, now when I'm looking at you, I see this this kid growing up in Calcutta, playing cricket, meeting Mother Teresa, uh, listening about Naxalite and listening about uh, current politics. When I say current, I mean Jyoti Basu of the 90s, watching elections in 96, 98, 99. (laughs) You know, life is very different. You're going out, you're quizzing, you're playing cricket, you're, you lot of things are happening. And then you end up in a field sales job. Like if, till this point, I'm like, this guy will either become a cricketer. Okay, no, he did not become a cricketer. Okay, maybe he'll become a writer, a politician, some intellectual, some artist. Then you end up in a field sales job, which uh, I've heard so many stories from you. How did that happen? And how was that? Like, what was that job all about? Let, let's see how this, this Calcutta kid ended up <laughs> In the in the lanes of Kodarma and like Jumri Talaya, trying to sell industrial equipments to people.
1: I want to talk about that phase of your life now. So uh, I uh, got placed uh, from college, and uh, you know I did not have a choice in what division I will be you know sent to in that company. So a lot of my friends, uh, you know, actually got engineering jobs. Like you know they were like posted in the plant, and uh, somebody was in supply chain logistics, but. Uh, like, you know, I, I was uh, sent to field sales in Kolkata, not so, like, uh, the headquarters was in Bombay. So, I actually joined the office in Bombay and I was, like, very happy that I finally to and uh, accommodation be there and uh, you know yeah so i was i was very happy but then right after the induction they were like you know you go to calcutta branch Uh, so all my other friends actually stayed back in bombay uh in uh, vikroli where i actually i lived in the same lane till about a year back in that same lane like in 2010 i used to live in the quarters and now uh you know uh, while you know in the last few years i used to live in the complex just after that And initially I was like uh, not very pleased to go back to Calcutta because I've just come out of there. So I was like, you know, I want to spend some time in Bombay. I'm fascinated by Bombay also because, you know, like all the movies are in Bombay, like cricket, everything. Like Bombay also has like, you know, it's such a great place and I wanted to experience it, but they sent me to Calcutta. So I thought, okay, I I went there without expecting anything. I had no idea about field sales, okay. That hardcore job, like, you know, needs to come with a warning, okay. I just went there, uh, I reported to work and... uh, like, you know, they just uh, attached me to a senior of mine uh, and said that he's going on tour to Bhuvaneswar, train leaves in three hours. Oh. So <laughs> like, what? So like my dad and mom had no idea that I'd be like, you know, touring and all. So I think uh, field sales uh, is like the lowest level of a corporate job. There's nothing fancy about it. Uh, you probably don't even get conveyance back. Like you spend on it and uh, they're like, why you go to Bihar? I Jharkhand?" like, my boss no, not get permission so it's not get the train. So it's like, you know, it's madness. And uh, everybody who's done field sales, I feel, will uh, concur that it toughens you up like you know you you are not ready for that kind of a job especially with the kind of privileged background i come from uh, you know that, that was a world i never thought i'll you know see remotely uh, how is it, how is this job uh, fun if every sunday night uh, i have to leave uh, so my weekend is also not complete like i get one day of the week uh, off which was sunday and be, like 7 p.m. i have to leave raat 10 station se train patna yeah, Bhuvaneshwar, bhuvneshwarya yeah, baarya yeah, kudarma agar rachi jana to i would get the luxury to go in the शताब्दी next morning <laughs> and, uh, you know leave the previous night and a lot of sales is just about you know uh, irritating the customer uh, to buy your product like you know you have to basically get money out from them and they don't want you know to spend money on uh, racking and storage system Because that's not the priority of like, you know, companies like companies, priorities obviously is production and all storage is obviously like uh, ignored, especially in the East. And I used to do that job where I used to basically uh, design storage systems in warehouses. Uh, Normally in warehouses, people would just like throw stuff, whereas I used to like design the system use the height and all of that but that's not really a priority for you know a purchase manager or you know somebody they have to buy raw materials they have to do other things they have to figure out you know transportation so the material reaches so my job never used to get over in one day so if i have a meeting at say ntpc bar on a monday i'll go on a monday i'll pitch my thing you know i've probably already come there this is my fourth meeting i'll show them the drawings that i have done and everything uh, and then they will be like no so then I'll call my uh, boss and my boss would be like, Nay, you have to close it and then only come back. So I'm like, okay, I'll stay back for Tuesday also. I don't know whether I'll come back on a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday. Uh, this used to happen when I used to go collect payments also, you know, outstanding payments. You just don't know whether the payment will be out in a day or in a week. So many times, many weeks happens such that, you know, I left Sunday evening and uh, I came back Saturday morning just to attend the review meeting of saturday and then i would be out again on a sunday so that that was uh, that was the life <laughs> for four years and uh, i did not enjoy it uh, you know while i was uh, working but there was some part of it uh, that i liked which was meeting targets like you know that used to be a huge high like uh, i i was fortunate enough to like meet targets i think twice in the four years and uh, I used to just chase that feeling ki, okay, if you close a big deal and if you, you know, meet your target, that's a great feeling. It's like sports only in a way that whether you win or lose, but in field sales, you're losing only most of the times, but that win is a big high. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, that, that that was my life for four years.
0: Wow. And then the proverbial return of the sun happens <laughs> because then uh, you come to Calcutta and comedy happens and I'm so And that's why I kept it as our last topic, because I'm really interested about knowing this part of yours. Because uh, when you look at Indian comedy, obviously Mumbai and Delhi and say Bangalore and Chennai in regional comedy, so to speak. But these three in terms of Hindi slash English comedy, Bangalore, Mumbai and Delhi are the three like centers of comedy. But then there is a a parallel, uh, some sort of a brewing of a small movement happening in Calcutta. And I'm just... As a historian, I'm trying to analyze Indian comedy where there are the likes of Saurav Ghosh and Vavosethia and Anirban Dasgupta uh, who are, you know, sort of like the flag bearers of Calcutta comedy. So I want you to go back to those times as to what do you think was, how were those days, first of all? Secondly, uh, how is Calcutta comedy different from because every city has its own flavor. So, obviously, comedy will also reflect the flavor of the city. So, how was that? And how did it all begin? And then eventually, the first batch of you, Saurav, and ravav came here. Followed by Saurav Mehta and everyone else. Uh, but I'm very curious to know about that portion of your life. How did that happen? And what happened? And how was it? And everything.
1: So, uh, I uh, first saw a comedy show uh, while I was in Bombay for my job. Uh, at the comedy store. That later became Canvas Love Club. And uh, I was I was just like blown away uh, so much that I used to watch the same show every day so uh, you know initially I didn't know that when you had a weekend Thursday to Sunday uh, with the same lineup it's the same show so just pick a date at that point I was like I'll go every day okay and it was expensive with 750 tickets tha, and I was uh, on my first salary but I used to spend all on Comedy Store but as an audience I never thought that I'm gonna do it but that was the first connect with the Indian scene although at that point only foreign comics used to perform and uh, a Tanmay would do an open spot and Ashish Shakya would do an open spot and Ayutthi Mittal would do an open spot and you could see Karan Talwar in the door, <laughs> you know that 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 kind of a uh, scene in 2010 and then I went back to Calcutta, I started my job and I was like pretty consumed by my job and uh, I didn't know anybody where or saw everybody like you know met later and then suddenly uh, I used to follow these guys on Twitter, Khamba, Tanmay, all the like you know uh, stand-up comics of the early days and uh, yeah I, I was I was like uh, really excited about what they are going to do next you know what what are like you know I was a proper fan I still am like you know, you know that, it has, that has remained and uh, but I never thought that comedy will happen then suddenly there was an open mic in Kolkata and uh, my first uh, open mic was in a 600 seater uh, with just 20 people in the audience, which is already a different start to a comedy career. Like, nobody else has this start where your first open, normally where the first open mic like, will be at a bar, at a restaurant, like, you know, in one small comedy club with like, you know, 20 people in the audience. Uh, the producer over here booked a GD Builder Sava near below Billa Mandir. And over there, uh, he has announced a 1 lakh prize. Uh, for whoever wins the open mic. Like, you will know this, right? Like, to earn 1 lakh in comedy takes like 2-3 years. Over okay? here, <laughs> we had the chance to make 1 lakh in the first night. Okay? <laughs> and he, uh, there was advertisements in Telegraph. He come for this open mic. And it was, like, really marketed. And uh, just 20 people showed up in the audience and three performers showed up. Okay, three performers showed up. One was me. One was Webop Satya. That's the first time I met Webop. And the third was uh, another guy, and he won the one lakh. Oh, shit. <laughs> he won the one lakh, and it took me and Weber over three years to catch up with him. <laughs> but that was the first time I, I went on stage. I met Weber, and uh, we had a great time. Saurav Ghosh, I met in the next show one month later. And uh, very quickly, we became uh, friends. Like, we realized that, okay, like, there were obviously uh, about seven, eight people trying to, like, you know, figure this out. But uh, me, Weber, and Saurav were like very close, like we kind of found each other uh, early on. And uh, we decided it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. At that time, Calcutta scene was so bad in a way that we used to get one opportunity uh, on stage entire month. So like one Das will come or Papa CJ will come and you will get to open. That's it. But that's not a scene, right? Like there is no open mics. There's nothing. It's just like, okay, whenever somebody from outside comes, uh, you just do five minutes. And uh, so we, we kind of decided to branch out. We had our own company. We used to call Comedy Fight. And uh, we used to run it and we used to have open mics. And we reached this like, it was just, we were not aiming uh, for anything in particular. We just wanted to keep getting to do this. Like, we realized that that is upon us only. Like, you know, if we create enough opportunities, we were not thinking about building the scene. And we were thinking, okay, next month we have to do show. Like, we have show next month, we have to do show next month, we have to do a show next job We were not thinking about leaving the job. We to start leaving the job. we have to start leaving the job. the weirdest story. We slum to start leaving job in Shlumbhajee, we are trying to try kar the comedy unheard of. Okay. Like, not even Bombay, Delhi. So, we were like, did not have... Uh, Anything in mind, particular? Except okay, let's close the next gig. Let's like crack another deal, and uh, we just kept doing it for two, three years. We used to like we reached a stage in Calcutta where we used to had have like eight to ten shows a week. So you know, from once a month to like you know, we created that stage time for ourselves, uh, and uh, that helped our development also. And then we moved to Bombay because like you know, after a while, it's difficult to grow in Calcutta because we are the scene only. Like we are on. All the shows. So if there are hundred shows in Calcutta, this lineup is the same. Okay. Like the only difference is that's why we moved here. Uh, and uh, the the Calcutta scene is very original, according to me. Like every comic is like even if you see Ghosh, me and Weber like three guys who kind of came out of Calcutta Sorum Meta. Like uh, we are very like you know different from each other, even though we are just watching each other all the time. Still like that similarity that you might see in two Delhi comics or two Bombay comics is not there in Calcutta. Even the current bunch of comics that are there in Calcutta are just like, you know, different from each other. So I feel that that is a, you know, feature of Calcutta comedy that I remember uh, that it is original. It might not be good. Okay, that's not the uh, criteria here, but they are going to do something different, okay? We had, like, one-liner comics and, like, you know, some crazy stories. Like, I don't think I can say in public also. <laughs> but we had, we had characters. Uh, I used to actually go and do open mics. Me and Webho used to do open mics in Delhi and Bombay. So, we used to, like, uh, you know, travel by train. And come here and do uh, you know four minute ka spots, five minute ka spots. So I kind of know the open mic scene in Bombay, Delhi, and also Bangalore. Also, we used to go, so I have a like fair idea of uh, the open mic scenes uh, in these cities. And I do feel that yeah, Calcutta has that thing on them. That Calcutta doesn't have the you know uh, best com- biggest comics and all. It doesn't have a have the best scene, but at least uh, it's the most original scene according to me.
0: Wow, Calcutta now has retired comedy club run by Sourav and I'm really looking forward to. Uh, like post lockdown phase when I think it's a great great opportunity for Kolkata audience and Calcutta uh, comedians mm. okay thank you Nirvan uh, what a what a wonderful conversation as expected um, and we are now going to our uh, last second and last section which is the rapid fire section on Nirvan. I'm going to ask you a few questions you don't have any time to think you just tell us whatever comes to your mind first and then we'll quickly go back to all the answers okay are you ready yes Let's start a uh, rapid fire with uh, Anirban Das Gupta. Favorite Indian comedy special?
1: Keep it real, Kananbe.
0: Favorite footballer of all time? Steven Gerrard. Favorite Indian web series of all time? Made in Heaven. Favorite thing about Mumbai? Comedy clubs. Favorite Calcutta comedian except you?
1: Saurabh Ghosh. <laughs>
0: Favourite cricket memory?
1: Uh, 2001, uh, final day of that 2001 test match.
0: Best stand-up comedian in India? My favourite is Karan Okay, apart from Karan Since you said, keep it real already. Sumit Anand. Favourite football match of all time? Top, top of your mind. Again. Istanbul. <laughs> favourite restaurant in Kolkata?
1: Favourite restaurant in Kolkata would be... Uh, Mokambo.
0: One thing you don't like about Kolkata? Uh, not the cleanest city. Okay. See, that's the end of a very nice, uh, non-controversial, friendly, <laughs> nice uh, rapid fire. We'll quickly go through all your answers. Favorite Indian comedy special
1: is Keep It Real. Uh, do you want to add anything to this? Uh, you know, that uh, special uh, is so tight that uh, you know I really admire that special. It's like Kanan as a comic is somebody I really admire. And uh, both his specials are actually, uh, you know, my favorite. So, if you ask, like, name two uh, favorite specials, the second would probably be, uh, you know, his Not second year since So, yeah, yeah, I so, uh, yeah, yeah, really enjoy watching him. Uh, and also, like, just uh, the kind of comedy he does, uh, you know, just, uh, Biswa also spoke about this. Uh, his writing is great. Uh, I love his performance. I like how he conducts himself in general uh, around comedy.
0: The favorite footballer of all time, not surprised. Steven Gerrard. We did not talk about Liverpool today, uh, because I realized that once we go down yeah. that rabbit hole, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I, I like properly like control myself, but like uh, that's why I put it in the rapid fire to just take your quick thing <laughs> that you want to say about Steven Gerrard.
1: And, I, uh, you know, I was actually a Michael Owen fan when I first uh, started following Liverpool. And my best friend Harsh, he was a Gerard fan. Okay, And uh, he's given me so much stick over the years that you chose the wrong guy. Okay? Because we started following Liverpool at the same time. Both Owen and Gerard were in the team. And we picked our favourite players. Uh, but obviously, Gerard uh, just took over, right? Like, Owen was a very short-lived story. Gerard was like... You know, uh, I think Klopp or somebody said this, right? That uh, Liverpool has been built on Gerard's legs. Yeah. Which is uh, so true. Uh, so, yeah, Steven Gerard's favourite footballer of all time. Although I would like to add that, uh, you know, uh, David Beckham is somebody I absolutely love. Yeah. Uh, I feel that, uh, he, he like, you know, obviously such a huge celebrity that people kind of focus on that. But he was a damn good footballer. Like, uh, the passing uh, range and, like, the stamina that David Beckham had in his peak was, you know, he also used to carry teams, like, he carried the England team for many years. And even in a Manchester United team full of superstars, he was the guy who used to provide all the assists. So, uh, I, uh, that, that is, like, you know, I, I often talk, tell this to, like, Man United fans that David Beckham, uh, you know, uh, should have been a central midfielder. You guys uh, did not use him properly at all that, I, I tell, like, Manu fans just for kicks.
0: Man, the moment you said about that Michael, Owen, Gerard thing, Anilban, and the more I'm doing these episodes and the more I talk to like all of you, uh, I realize like when people are born around the same, like same years, okay? And especially our generation, you know, you, me, Biswa, uh, Rahul, you know, we are all born in different parts of the country, grew up in different parts of the country, but around like a few yeah. days here and there. Yeah. And all of us, and this is pre-internet, okay? Yeah. So we are not exposed to the same trending video every day or not the same viral meme is reaching every day. But yet our stories are all the same, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like uh, like you, me, Rahul uh, are all from that generation who started loving yeah. Michael Owen yes. and started yeah. watching Liverpool and then became a Gerard fan <laughs> and became a Liverpool fan all around. In like Delhi Bombay Calcutta. You know
1: yeah. what? I- <laughs> Man, that's so fascinating. Oh. okay.
0: Your favorite Indian web series, I asked, because you've uh, you yourself have created a wonderful web series, of source, uh, was made in heaven.
1: Yeah, Made in Heaven really surprised me. You know, I uh, uh, enjoyed that show. The format of that show is not conventional. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, you know, episodic in a different way. Like, you know, every episode has a different marriage. And uh, at that point, I uh, really, really loved uh, how, how they told that story. Mm. Uh, it, like, you know, I haven't, like, I was actually put in a spot because it's rapid fire and that's the first thing that came to mind. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, having said that, I haven't really seen it again. Okay, there are
0: other shows that I've like you know rewatched. Yes, yes, beauty, <laughs> yeah. beauty of rapid fire. Okay, favorite thing about Mumbai, you said comedy clubs. Yeah. Because that also sort of had the biggest impact in your life. Like-
1: yes, uh, that's the uh, only reason I moved to Bombay was uh, because of Canvas Laugh Club. And, uh, you know, to be honest, uh, my only dream in stand-up was to just do a weekend in Canvas Laugh Club. And uh, now I don't know what my next dream is, okay? Because that dream has been fulfilled. That club uh, is so special. You know, like Canvas Laugh Club is like one of those establishments that has that Eden Gardens feel. For me personally, you know, it's an establishment, it's like people come and a show is put up and all it's like, uh, it's a very sacred place uh, of sorts. Uh, Canvas Laugh Club's green room has, uh, you know, given me a lot of security you know uh, when i had like you know if i am like going through a setback or if i'm having a bad day there have been many days where i've just gone to the green room even though i am not on the lineup just to just sit there and whoever is on the lineup just to talk so it was a very special place for me and obviously canvas uh, club is shut now but there are other clubs uh, that was one thing that was not there in kolkata now retired comedy club is there by Ghosh, but uh, bombay uh, means comedy clubs to me wow
0: Favourite Calcutta Comedian? I know this was a tricky question yeah, for you, yeah. <laughs> but you went with Saurav Ghost. Do you yeah. want to talk about Saurav Ghost for like?
1: Yeah, like uh, obviously uh, it's Weber and Sorov, okay? And I have uh, followed them from day one and both these uh, comics are very different, okay? Like uh, th- we have a show, right? How weird is this guy? And it's basically on this like, you know, equation that we have that like, everybody's weird. Behemov is weird in his own way. Saurav Ghosh is weird in his own way. The uh, reason I speak Saurav is because I've worked with him more often. Like, I've uh, gotten the chance to, like, you know, uh, write with him of source uh, uh, He was the guy who wrote the final screenplay and dialogues for off-source. And, uh, like, you know, I've gotten a chance to, like, you know, uh, discuss uh, writing in general, not just comedy and all. And I really feel that, uh, you know, whenever I write a joke or whenever I, write, I have an idea, uh, Ghosh is the first guy whom I like, you know, send it to and uh, like his uh, feedback is very important. Uh, I, I really like, uh, I, I get to learn a lot from Ghosh, like uh, both in stand up and in writing. And uh, whatever he does uh, is like, you know, a little crazy. Like, you know, one time he released the video and then he reacted on his own video. Okay, mm-hmm. that was like I was watching Bo Burnham special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, you know, I messaged him that oh man, I, I, it reminded me of that video. And then when I went back <laughs> and I saw that. So then like, you know, all the, all the stuff that he does uh, is, yeah, it's, it's just too good. Yeah.
0: Rahul and I were watching the Bo Burnham special together. And then that part came and we were like, <laughs> about- <laughs> Uh, favorite <laughs> cricket memory is again, I sort of expected this answer because it's like for all of us who like grew up watching Indian cricket, This it remains our favorite. And for you to be in Calcutta, <laughs> yes. uh, what did you
1: want to talk about the 2001 BV Slaxman test final day? Man, I was there on day 1 and day 5. Uh, day one was Harbhajan's hat trick and I uh, witnessed that uh, and uh, day, day two, day three, day four, I missed because my final exams were going on. And uh, on on the morning of day five, I first gave uh, my exam in school in Park Street. It was not very far away from Gardens, and uh, my dad picked me up and we reached around lunch. So, I uh, didn't really think India was going to win. Okay, like obviously we had saved the match. That much we knew, had seen uh, Lakshman and Ravid's innings on TV, but uh, we are just happy with that. And then, like, just the in the final session, the wicket started. To, like, I just remember this is my memory of that night. Uh, that you know, as soon as they will appeal, the finger will go up. You know, I just remember from the distance that finger. You know, that memory I have. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I couldn't just believe it. Like the place was on fire that day. Oh, man, number of highlight, number of times
0: you've seen the highlight. I remember those expressions of Gilchrist, Shane Won, <laughs> middle order and lower order just <laughs> Oh man, but what a remarkable match. Uh, best stand-up comedian in India, you said Kanan Gil, I know, but since we already talked about keep it real, I uh, you picked Sumit Anand as your second favorite, so to speak. Any any words on Sumit Anand?
1: Yeah, Sumit Anand is uh, never afraid to, you know, take risks. I really respect that. Uh, and uh, he takes some really random risks, okay? Like, uh, puts, uh, like even Manik Mana, you know, I uh, enjoy watching for that reason that you just never know what you're going to get today. Uh, Sumit's video, It's My Birthday, is uh, probably my favorite uh, stand-up video from the Indian scene. Uh, it's a huge bit... Uh, that he's uh, put out and it's, uh, it's it's everything that i want my stand-up video to be uh, so yeah yeah so and i've gigged, uh, gigged with him a lot uh, like we went to micf and over there i saw him uh, perform for a completely white audience and uh, yeah he, he i think like he approaches uh, comedy very differently from how i do it and uh, i would like uh, I used to, I watched him uh, in Melbourne uh, performing for a white audience, completely different. Like I was actually also on, uh, you know, at, at the festival and I was performing for an Asian audience. Uh, mm-hmm. So not just Indians, but there are like other Singaporeans and you know? all. Sumit's show was just like, you know, white people over there. What he was doing was, whenever Indians come to a show, he used to like ask them to fuck off. Like he's like, yeah, you know, why comedy? you to he will like, you know, take those risks and he'll make something out of it. It's obviously a gag in his show. But uh,
0: I, I, like, I like that about him. Wow. Uh, Favourite football match of all time? Again. Uh, <laughs> for any Liverpool fan, I mean, I don't think there can be a bigger... Uh, I don't think there can be a bigger sports memory than that night at Stanbul. But I would let you talk about it, uh, Anirban. About that. Uh, that For those of, of you who don't know, we are talking about Champions League final uh, from 2005-2005. Exact uh, and uh, Liverpool versus AC Milan, where Liverpool was down three-nil after the first half. Then the miracle of Istanbul happened, and then we won Champions League. But over to you, and Um
1: Me and my dad, we were watching. My dad is also a Liverpool fan, and uh, he's actually seen all the Champions League victories in the 80s and the late 70s. Uh, and uh, this was a surprise for him because after so many years we reached, and then at half time he got really, really frustrated. So my dad is a angry fan of Liverpool. Okay, maybe I'll also become that. You know, when I'm at his age, and he is so pissed at Liverpool, he's super critical. Okay, and uh, at three nil, that was it. Okay, he had enough. He went back, and uh, I kept on watching. Okay, this was obviously late in the night, like at two o'clock, two thirty. Uh, next day was school, but uh, he allowed me to watch. And uh, then the first goal went in. I didn't celebrate, okay, and didn't shout and all because I was like, okay, just a consolation. Then the second goal went in, and I was like, I did not shout, but I ran, okay. I in mute pe, like you know. I was just like you know. It's just <laughs> like, you know it was mommy, uh, mommy, papa under rahe. When the third goal went in, I shouted. I was like, okay, like I, I, don't have to do this. I don't have to restrict myself. I just shouted. and Mom, dad, both came out, and. Uh, They were, like, you know, they were not angry. They were also surprised. Like, Dad was surprised that, you know, it's three all. And uh, then, obviously, like, you know, we watched the rest of the match. It's, It's just... Like the amount of emotions, uh, you know, I felt uh, for that match and also the season before that because Olympiakos maybe it all led to that match. And uh, Chelsea, uh, Jita Moreno, or Rafa Benitez was like, you know, uh, that contest was heating up, then we beat him in the semi finals, then like you know, that that was a big victory as well, like you know, 1 nil ghost goal, so final, like you know. I was I was not expecting that uh, Liverpool will win, but I like the only way I thought Liverpool could win was one nil. You know how we won against Chelsea or like you know 0-0 we did at San Siro. So I thought Ki, haan, okay. So Benitez is like that tactician. Like if we can just nick a goal, wesa kuch. But then he also went all went with Harry QL and like attacking line and, and we got completely destroyed. After that, what happened? I don't think it's possible to explain like you know the mechanics of what happened just was just meant to be I guess
0: because on paper if you look at both the teams you have like Crespo and like uh, Shevchenko and I know that team on paper is like all-time classic kind of a team versus (laughs) our team which probably Gerard and like say to some extent Zabi Alonso are like European stars otherwise (laughs) like oh my (laughs) god Ah, uh, beautiful I love how sports fans start using words like we and us and us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ok favourite restaurant in Kolkata I think this was also a tough question but you went with Mokambo
1: yeah again this is one of the things where I don't know where, where, you know what to go for yeah. uh, Mokambo because uh, like I discovered Mokambo very late and uh, like uh, since then I have always uh, loved uh, you know dining there uh, chicken ala kiev is uh, you know, my dish uh, in that part of the city in Park Street. If I'm at Peter uh, in uh, one step up or Mokambo, like you know, Alakiv is something that I'm still looking for in Bombay, by the way. I'm oh. not getting it in Bombay either, 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 Alakiv. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that dish is uh, my favorite. So, like you know, I look for restaurants that serves that dish, okay, Olly Pub like all these places. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Mokambo is uh, probably not my favorite. If I have to rethink it, uh, I'll probably say some other restaurant. You know, there's this one restaurant called Waldorf, uh, which was uh, a Chinese restaurant on Park Street. And uh, I used to go there often with my mom. My mom's favorite restaurant was Waldorf. And uh, we had this thing where my mom is a big Chinese food fan. And uh, she used to like... uh, take me out my dad used to be sailing so it was like a mother-son you know outing Uh, every two weeks I think we used to go and have uh, Chinese food in the same restaurant Waldorf then Waldorf moved and Marco Polo in China that restaurant came up where Waldorf used to be so now in Park Street where Marco Polo in China is that was where Waldorf is and now Waldorf is in Russell Street opposite the ITC headquarters so uh, it's not the same place but uh, you know if I feel like having Chinese food I still go there because yeah. of, uh, you
0: know, the history with that restaurant. Oh, man. I had a completely unrelated thought, like a quizzer. Because we talked about Shevchenko. And next thing you talked about chicken ala Kiev. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, wow. From Shevchenko to Kiev. Wow. <laughs> if I have to form a connect question. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, one thing you don't like, like about Kolkata was the cleanliness factor. You think this can be a much cleaner city?
1: Yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, Maidan, that like, you know, space that we spoke about is so different. It's like, you know, from the rest of the city. The rest of the city is very congested. A part of Calcutta, uh, North Calcutta, all is, you know, even even where I stayed, which is like, you know, central Calcutta, is not the cleanest. Uh, hyg- like, you know, uh, it's not just about uh, cleanliness. The infrastructure over there is like, you know, there's something lacking still. Like, I've not lived there in many years, but uh, the lane that uh, I used to live in uh, was was not clean. Like, it was like dirty both sides. So, like, I used to hope that, okay, cars are parked so that, like, you know, the, you know, I don't have to see all of that. Like, you know, the and uh, gets waterlogged that uh, place. The first place that gets waterlogged in Kolkata during the rains is the lane that I used to stay in. So uh, infrastructure and all of that is probably uh, something that uh, when I was small, it definitely was lacking. Uh, then they made a lot of flyovers and it took a lot of years to make like, you know, all these flyovers. And when they made it, I left. So I haven't really like, you know, uh, so yeah, my memory is that, okay, like the city can be better designed, better handled, like maintained.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Anirban. Thank you. Thank you for all the wonderful things you've said on the show. Thank you for being a part of Random Musings. Uh, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Kivi.